0: You're listening to The Lead. I'm host Sheila Brummer, journalist and scholar in organizational leadership studies. This podcast strives to empower people to act and develop skills for more meaningful moments personally and professionally through insight from experts in education, healthcare, politics, life, and more. This segment features Hospital Administrator Lorenzo Souter, who at the time of our interview was head of Unity Point Health St. Luke's in Sioux City, Iowa. The Kentucky native shares his journey to help inspire others and how adversity can be a catalyst to greater things.
1: Let me start with my why I chose healthcare and then I get to Sioux City. So why did I choose healthcare? You're looking at a guy who grew up homeless, Section 8 food stamps. Projects, ghetto, you can use any type of vernacular of how I grew up. Lived under a bridge in a single parent home, my mother. And um, why I chose healthcare is to serve people above self, and that's why I'm here today. Um, how did I end up in Sioux City? I transitioned from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, I felt like after I looked at the quality, the service, the financials, and the people pillar within this region, I felt like I had something um, that I would be challenged with. And I like challenges versus um, laissez-faire approach to life. And this was a challenge um, coming into a market where there's two hospitals and 100,000 patient population potentially. Um, You have independent groups, employee groups. Um, And then not only that, um, there's uh, mobility for us to improve. So that intrigued me and that's my why, why I chose healthcare and how I transitioned to Sioux City.
0: You're really big into to servant leadership, and that's kind of the trend where leadership is going. To you, what does it mean to be a servant leader?
1: Yeah. So the the first thing I would say is uh, the word salt. Um, we all have an opportunity to eat salt and pepper every once in a while. Um, servant leadership is save a life uh, today. Um, so my tomorrow's not promised. I average forty eight point six um, thoughts per minute. I get a check every day. The same check you get is $86,400 a uh, day. That's how many seconds we have in a day. Or you can flip it and say 1440, which is how many minutes we have uh, in a day. One thing that Facebook, Twitter, um, negative, deconstructive commentary can take away is your power of choice to be happy. So when you're happy, it's all about how do you serve other. Maya Angelou said, love liberates. And that's my philosophical point of view. And when I get to peak happiness, is when I'm serving someone else.
0: And it's great for healthcare.
1: It's great, great for healthcare because we are in the uh, people business. We're not in the tire business. We're not in mechanic business. We're not in any other other business. So people, they have what we call emotional intelligence, which is EQ versus IQ. If we have impact on people, how um, taste, touch, sight. Um, that's what we're rendering when it comes to quality of care. All those things have an attribution to their experience. Um, you know, I remind myself of eating off somebody's plate for the P. You got to have patience. For the L, you got to have love. For the A, you got to be affectionate. For the T, if you give somebody a little bit of your time and E, even your life if necessary, what a great world this could be.
0: So, what makes a good leader yeah. in your eyes? And I know you may you already kind of mentioned this
1: yeah so i think what makes a good leader is a leader who does not put themselves on a pedestal that's not autocratic um, or omnipresent or omniscience, all-knowing someone that can relate Um, my career started off as a cna Um, in the eyes of some that would be low on the totem pole Uh, for me it's high on the totem pole i saw the patient more as a cna than i saw as a, a clinician And here's my point, is everybody has um, a role and a task, and no one role and no one task is more important than another. It takes a team to um, get our messaging across related to providing high-quality care. And that's what leadership is about. some days i'm given a deck of cards i might need to go into the trenches per se some days i might be in an office setting but i have to be more in apt to do those things versus oh he's the ceo oh he's the and he can't do those things Um, and that's what i think a leader is about someone that can go into a field uh, knowing that title is not as important i want people to follow me because i'm lorenzo Take the of president and CEO out of context uh, for me. It's how do I feel like they are a part of the team and I'm a part of it as well.
0: And what tips would you give people to try to achieve that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, because
0: you make it sound effortless. <laughs> and, and I've heard you've actually met with every employee, I believe, in this facility. That was one of the first things that you, had, you did. Yeah.
1: So I think one uh, tip that I would suggest is not make a conversation subjective, anecdotal rhetoric. Um, I've been a, uh, across a lot of leaders that say a lot, talk a lot, but do not enact action. Um, I went out in front of 1,300 employees and said we're going to have a daycare, um, and people thought that that wasn't going to come to fruition. It did. I went out in front of people and said that we were going to have comp changes. Um, not for every employee, but for some, we did. So, less talk, more action, which gets me to two methodologies. When you have a conversation, be smart about it, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. The second one is called the posing methodology. Prioritize, organize, streamline, economize, and contribute. Those are are two tips related to high reliability of execution. Now, I've been around organizations where all they do is talk. They have a meeting. They have a meeting, meeting. They have another meeting. They have another meeting. And then when they get finished with that meeting, they come out and schedule another one.
0: And, and tell us about your meetings. Yes,
1: yeah, so my quick. meetings, the goal is 15 minutes, um, would be um, the ideal meeting. Um, and that meeting comes with the S bar format, the situation, I need to know the background, the assessment, and what that individual recommendation is. In certain inferences, I'm not the expert. I want to know what the expert um, has to recommend, and then I can garner more intelligence through that dialogue or make an effective decision. So it doesn't take me long to make. Uh, decisions um, and I think that's a reliable leader because most people they want results I mean if you think about what happened with the fast food industry it's about can you make it happen today you think about what's happening with our social media efforts today we want instant responses to our text um, well it would be ideal if we had instant responses to quality of care when it comes to leadership but sometimes we drag it out, and that's why some facilities are not garnering what I would consider process improvement and lean methodologies. But manufacturer done it, Toyota done it with lean Kaizans, and it would behoove me to say maybe a human has a little bit more value than a vehicle.
0: Yeah, I think you're, you're right on that one. You were talking about starting as a CNA. How long did it take you, and tell us a little bit about that progression from CNA to CEO?
1: Yeah. So um, it took me, uh, I would consider, a while. uh, Without giving a a number, I have to go back through my CV and figure that one out. Um, But it took me a while. And what garnered uh, me transition from CNA to CEO was um, influence. So um, I learned from a leader who basically was able to make real change to support a community versus buying the next widget or the next gadget or doing the next ribbon cutting. Um, this um, CEO actually had changed when it came to um, diversity, um, when, it co- when it came to health population, uh, when it came to accountable care. Um, and that is what I think um, got me to become a CEO, is how do I have influence with more authority um, to make positive change to not only um, have impact on the monetary value um, but to make impact on quality of lives um, In communities that I grew up in there was health disparities. Um, it would be ideal for me to solve those um, and give resources to lend to that. Uh, some organizations do that some don't um, but that's why I chose um, to go that route because I was in a community where this CEO took a vulnerable um, community and diabetes was the um, the programmatic initiative and change people's lives and saves people's lives a longer lifespan because he put effort into that specific demographic.
0: And I know a lot of times when it comes to leadership you hear about the setbacks that make people who they are today. I don't know if you were able to take something that maybe didn't turn out like you thought, a failure, and turn it around into something positive. I don't know if you could share maybe a story or example of that.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, i start with um, experience prior to Sioux City uh, related to what started off as a, a potential failure, um, but we ended up turning it around. And uh, it was strategic alignment uh, with independent providers. Um, there was independent providers that had a philosophical view about um, monetary value, and that was their goal. Um, their intentionality was to make more money. Um, And um, we were able to turn their focus point around to say, hey, we understand that you have to uh, make a monetary value, but it can't be at the backs of us not getting the appropriate equipment. It can't be at the backs of us not aesthetically changing some of our environment, uh, specifically in the operating room. And we got them back down to their why they chose um, medical school. And that changed the whole paradigm shift when it came to what the intentionality of what that agreement would potentially look like. That could have went south um, because we could have not had a group uh, of providers that would work with us. But in this scenario, um, after we were able to get down to the why they chose healthcare, it changed the whole phenomenon. And we ended up joining with that group and um, it went very successful after.
0: And again, what is your why?
1: So my wise, I had my uh, grandmother uh, basically get killed by um, a skilled nurse um, in a sniff, a skilled nurse facility. Uh, she had Alzheimer's, they beat her to death. Um, and I went to the funeral and I said if I'm ever given an opportunity to leave, I want to not allow that to happen because I made the um, considerable thought that when you go to healthcare they're supposed to help you, console you, compassionate care in this facility was not the case. And I said, if I'm ever blessed to be able to lead, um, I will not uh, create an environment of such. And that was my why. Um, So uh, when I had that experience, um, that said, hey, how do you have influence to not allow that to happen? And ever since then, that's why I've been um, in healthcare. And that's quite frankly, uh, I I was struggle working for an environment that's all about Walmart, United, Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance, if that's their um, end goal, uh, I will struggle conceptually in that because that's not my goal. Um, Now, I understand we got to pay the wild bill and light bill, and I understand we got to pay the expenses, but that can't be the end goal. I think the end goal should be serve people like you want to be treated, and then the rest will come.
0: Sharing that story, telling me about your grandmother, it took my breath away. I had no idea. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry to hear that. Thank you.
1: Yes, yeah, it's a uh, you know I'm very vulnerable. You know, Brene Brown talks about the power of vulnerability, um, and you can get to the source of truth fairly quick. Um, I think the question would be, how do you manage through? I could have went totally opposite by her death. Um, I could have taken a whole different trajectory—anger, resentment. Um, but instead, I always flip life on its head. Everything has a um, uh, what I would consider an opposite. You know, um, you got night day. Um, You have good, bad, Um, you have big, tall, Um, and depending on how you flip the coin of how you deal with adversity, uh, depending on how, what i say, the affordability of life is. So for me, all the negatives that I garner, all the adversity that I experience, going back to leadership, is I basically take that deck of cards and say, what could I do to get the best result out of this card I was dealt, or this hand? When you philosophically start having those thought processes, your life will do a, or my life has done a tenfold flip. So I don't dwell on the negative. I give negative energy one to two minutes of my time. And that's for me just to be a human. After that, I've moved on. I can't change the past. I can't go back in and press rewind. So now I'm sitting there saying, if my last day is today and I was dealt these cards, what am I gonna do given that my tomorrow, my next minute is not promised? And my philosophical view is I'm gonna live in the best happiness I can during that time. Especially if I know the fact that I can't go back in and change. But we have a tendency to worry um, as humans and we have a tendency to think about what else and woulda, coulda, us. Uh, I make the transition fairly quick um, in my mind with my 48.6 thoughts per minute.
0: Thank you for sharing your insight. And there's something I always like to ask. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Anything else you think that people need to know about the topic?
1: Absolutely. I would just say when you're up against troubles, meet them squarely face to face. Lift your chin, set your shoulders, plant your feet and take a brace. When it's vain, you try to dodge it. Do the best you can do. You may fail, you may conquer, but you must see it through. Um, This life is one um, you can't go back in at the time and change what has happened, but you can change the attitude of your constant and your current.
0: Thank you, Lorenzo.
1: Absolutely. That is
0: Lorenzo Suter, a longtime hospital administrator on the Lead Podcast. Lead stands for Listen, Empower, Act, Develop. Suter previously managed facilities in Indiana, Illinois, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky. For more insight and episodes of the LEAD podcast, check out the website kwit.org or your favorite podcast platform. Also, if you would like to suggest a guest, reach out to Sula Public Media or send me an email at sbrummer at kwit.org. Thanks for listening and have a great day.